0: Just feel very late Chris well done,
1: Andrew. our reading for today is from Mark chapter 10 verses seventeen to thirty one The rich young man. as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. But not with God. All things are possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus said. No one who has left home, or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or fields for me and the gospel, will fail to receive a hundred times as much. In this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, and with them persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. And we go on to Mark chapter 12, verses 41. The widow's offering. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowds putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins with only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others they all gave out of their wealth but she out of her poverty put in everything all she had to live on this is the word of the Lord thanks be to God
0: good morning everyone this looks very un-Anglican I must say I assure you I didn't put uh, Andrew up to that. In the past I've often preached to four people, each one carefully sitting behind a pillar. <laughs> anyway, thank you for cooperating with Andrew's request. It's good to see you all this morning. And let's pray. Father, we ask that you will teach us from your word how we may love and serve you with all our heart for Christ's sake. Amen. What a rich cast of characters uh, meet Jesus in the Gospels. This morning we've just heard about two who are more or less the exact opposite of each other. On the one hand there was this uh, rich man. And Matthew's Gospel tells us that he was young as well. And uh, Luke adds that he was a ruler. Even at his young age he was already a leader and a respected person in the community. He's got everything in front of him, his fortune already made, and he's got bright prospects for the rest of his life. And then on the other hand, we heard about this poor widow, probably elderly, with no prospects, struggling on a pittance. And both these people were faced with a test of their generosity. But one of them had hands that wouldn't give. The other had hands that gave all. Let's have a look at them each in turn. And first of all, the rich young man. Now he was asking the right questions. He came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He wasn't just focused on this life and what he could get out of it. The opportunities his riches gave him to spend his time in pleasure and in self-seeking materialism. How many people who get their hands on wealth at a young age actually are prepared to ask those questions? How many of them have this much sense? Think of some of our Premier League footballers. How easy it is for money to go to their heads, even if the ball doesn't at crucial moments in World Cup matches. But for this man, failure was not in his makeup. He's determined to do well in life and to live a life which will be commended. He's got a clear conscience. As far as he's concerned, he's kept the commandments to his own satisfaction. But he doesn't want to miss out on anything. In Matthew's Gospel, we read that he actually asked Jesus the question What do I still lack? Is there more than this? His sincerity is underlined by the fact that he falls on his knees before Jesus. And Jesus, we read, loves him because of his eager quest to discover the truth. And so Jesus tells him, yes, there is indeed one thing he still lacks. He must give away everything he has to the poor in order to have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow him as one of his disciples. Well, when we read those words, we have to ask ourselves, what's going on here? Is Jesus saying something we've got to apply to ourselves as well? Should all of us be giving our money and possessions away and embracing what some people have called holy poverty? Is Jesus actually going beyond the Ten Commandments and setting the bar even higher? If so, not many seem to have made it into heaven. In Matthew's Gospel, we read that Jesus says to the man, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be perfect, sell your possessions. And some notable Christians down the ages who've heard those words, it's gone directly into their hearts and they've literally responded by giving away all their wealth. Notably people like St. Anthony and St. Francis. And from this model or example has grown the idea that there are actually two kinds of Christian discipleship. There's one for us ordinary, compromised Christians who don't give everything away. And there's one for those who would be perfect. I don't want to suggest that Antony and Francis were mistaken in their vocations. And for each of them, God may indeed have spoken directly. And there may have been good reasons why that was, for them, the way to follow Christ. And certainly their influence for the gospel in the world bears that out. But I do do think that Jesus is saying here, is not saying here, total poverty is the only safe way to follow him. In fact, I want to suggest to you that when Jesus says to the young man he must give everything to the poor, that isn't the main point he's making. Or rather it's only a consequence of what he's trying to tell this man. If indeed our supreme mission is solely to relieve poverty, then this rich young man might have done a lot better, instead of giving everything away, to pursue his business career and regularly give away a percentage of his earnings. And then by the end of his life, he might actually have given away more than the capital he had at the outset. No, I think we've got to look more carefully at the conversation that Jesus has with this man to understand why he says those words to him he says to the man keep the commandments if you want to inherit eternal life and he spells them out do not murder do not commit adultery do not steal do not give false testimony do not defraud and honour your father and mother now as you listen to those words I wonder if it struck you it stands out a mile doesn't it really But Jesus is only quoting the second table of the law. Our duty to our neighbour. And actually, to reinforce the point in Matthew's Gospel, he ends up by saying, love your neighbour as yourself. That's the summary, isn't it, of of our duty to our neighbour. Jesus has only tested this man on his love for his neighbour. He hasn't even begun on his love for God. And that, I believe, is what the challenge here is really all about. I said that in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says to the young man, if you want to be perfect. And that's an echo of something earlier in Matthew's Gospel, in the Sermon on the Mount, in chapter 5, where Jesus points out that keeping the commandments isn't just a matter of outward observance. For example, he says, the command, do not murder, is broken by anyone who nurtures hatred of someone else in their heart. Equally, he says, to look on somebody lustfully is equivalent to committing adultery. And then he winds up the whole of that bit of the sermon by saying, in verse 48, Be therefore perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. He's shown us that the commandments, far from being something we can say we've kept, are actually impossible. It's a council truly of perfection. We've got to be as good as God? Impossible. To be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect? Way beyond fallow a fallible human beings. And that word used here for perfect literally means complete and so so to this man who wants everything who asks what do I still lack Jesus says you have not even started to be complete you've got to give away everything because that is how your perfectly complete father in heaven behaves he is the generous giver of all things all we have And our fulfilment lies in offering it back to him to direct us in how we use it. You see, this young man had an add-on approach to God. He wanted to know what extra he needed to add to his life to make it perfect. Jesus said instead, empty everything else out. But he couldn't do it because indeed yes, to be as good as God is impossible especially as Jesus pointed out for those who have great possessions the more they have the more they tend to cling on to it it's an ensnaring and insidious thing Jesus goes on to tell his disciples to their amazement how difficult it is for rich people to enter the kingdom of God they simply don't live with the generous self-giving lifestyle that is true of God himself. And he gives them this humorous illustration of a camel struggling to get through the eye of a needle. And of course the more luggage is piled on the back of the camel, the more absurd the attempt. The disciples can't understand this because they've been taught that riches are a sign of God's blessing. Jesus doesn't condemn the possession of riches. He says the rich are actually to be pitied for the burdens they carry which prevent them entering the kingdom of God. With man this is impossible, he says, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And so that's where we start. Everything depends upon the grace of God filling us With love for himself. As we come in confession and penitence to realise our own inabilities, our own inadequacies. Not bouncing up with the confidence of one who says, I've kept all the commandments, what do I still lack? Only with his infinite perfection filling us can we be complete. As St. Augustine famously expressed it, he's made us for himself. And our hearts are restless until they find their rest in him. That was what was making this man restless. He was conscious there was still something missing, despite all he'd been given. But sadly, he wasn't prepared to make that step of emptying himself for God to fill him. Is there such love for God in our hearts, that all we have is available to him to be used for his glory and his kingdom. Let's have a look now at the poor widow. Here was someone who did give everything. Note that she gave it to the temple, not to the poor. She was one of the poor herself. Out of love for God, she made a gift for the worship and sacrifices of the temple to be offered to God. Is it true that the poor are better able to give up everything than the rich? Well, those who have travelled to countries which are far poorer than we are in the world often find there a much greater spirit of generosity and sharing amongst those who have very little. And did Jesus mean that this woman had literally put everything she had into the collection box? Or was it just everything she had in her purse at that moment? Many people are used to making do with very little in this life and they have times when they run out of cash completely but they still manage to eke out a living. For example, there are wives and mothers who keep a home together even when the husband regularly wastes his wages on drink or gambling. But it's not about economical housekeeping with this widow. It's about an opportunity for love of God to be shown in her offering. This poor woman, with no husband to support her, gives without limit in response to the God who has given without limit to her. The only way to respond to God's grace, the one who can do the impossible in our lives, is to offer everything to him. What he's entrusted to us in faithful stewardship for his glory and his kingdom. I remember an occasion once when our children were youngsters and I asked if anyone had a pencil I could borrow. There was a stupendous rush of feet as all three of them sped to their rooms and a few seconds later I beheld three hands thrashed out towards me each with offering of a pencil. Nothing very much perhaps, only a mite and I only wanted to borrow it. But I was deeply touched by their eagerness to be able to give me something I needed. Something which could be of use. It seemed to me that there is is the kind of spirit of longing to serve, longing to be of use, longing to give to God, which is what we are called to show as our witness for Christ in the world, day by day. By our loving generosity, we can show that God gave to the world his only son, whose hands broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, and then afterwards was stretched out on the cross, where he gave everything away, so that those who believe in him may have what that young man was seeking eternal life Amen